0: The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute.
1: Okay, so um, I'm going to start with the less fun stuff. We're going to get to some good stuff. So there, there's a there's many issues. Um, the first one I'm um, just on the table. Many issues we're going to discuss that are relevant. One is the liability of manufacturers of sellers do, are they liable um, can I sell a gun to anyone can I produce guns is there any liability on the part of those or do we say um, listen that I' I'm, I'm just producing the gun what was, what is chosen to do with the gun it's not my problem here is we're gonna have the actually as I always like to say there's nothing new the current debate that's taking place in the United States between um, The NRA and others
2: is uh, the Jewish gun control group is one of the most effective and strongest in the country.
1: Jewish gun Uh, anti, which gun control? Pro pro gun
2: control. Pro gun. It's uh,
1: pro gun or pro gun control?
2: Pro gun.
1: Don't stop in the middle of a sentence. I'll Um, have
2: to send you the link, but they're very strong.
1: That, that I think it's just Jewish gun gun Yeah, I'm just there. saying, gun, the fact that people tag on Jewish to their group doesn't mean no, it's a Jewish been around group. A long no, time. no, I'm saying it doesn't take a me around a long time and say, we talk about some, we talk about the Torah's perspective, now Jews, Jews and Torah. I, not, out. I understand
3: that. Is oh, yeah. <laughs> Alan here? He eventually got He the, was, but I don't know if he's coming here. Well, I don't want to take the Alan seat. No, you're
1: welcome so to. you're used so to, you you to, you
0: like you use to sleeping in a certain yeah. bed. You don't want to change. I don't want to mess
1: with So I trying to have a So what were you discussing while we were waiting on this? So the so the point is so there is a so again Jewish. What Jewish groups say and what the Torah says is not usually mutually exclusive, it usually isn't. Whenever you have a Jewish group proclaiming something, it's usually not the Torah's view, in my experience. Um, But the the point here is, so we're going to talk, the debate currently raging in this country between is the problem the gun or the shooter seems to be the greater overall debate. One of the overall debates is, is a debate that actually took place 5,700, I don't know, maybe 700 years ago. Um, literally, this debate, was in. it's in the parish of Genesis, in the first portion of the Torah, actually discusses this debate, believe it or not. So, um, so that's very important to see that. I as a matter we well can see that right away. I would have a chumash here. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> what kind of <laughs> equation is that? <laughs> is it a chumash in the shoe the regular, they're
2: Yeah, well, it's right
1: there. You
4: see
3: the green one right there? Look down.
1: Is that an art scroll? So, in the first portion, in Pasha Barashit, so the, the, everyone always usually learns the beginning of the Parsha, which is very exciting with creationism and a lot of issues there. Um, no one really gets to the end, and no one's really interested. The end of Parsha is the first Parsha in the Torah, deals extensively just with genealogy. It discusses all the offspring of Adam and Eve. No one really knows these names, no one really cares. It's just sort of like a prelude to the next Parsha, to Noach. Um, so if you look there... I could find it in this book. It says that uh, it discusses the next four or five generations from Adam. As we know, um, Adam's two children that we are aware of here in the Torah, Cain and Hevel, they obviously also had daughters, which I don't mentioned cause They're irrelevant,
3: right?
1: No, they're very relevant, because oh, right. without them we couldn't have uh, humanity. So they clearly were relevant, but doesn't seem to talk much about them. But he, he does mention his grandkids, male and female, and who they married. So Cain, as we know, Cain killed Abel. Cain killed Havel, um, and he was, it says he left. Because of his murder, he sort of was put into exile. He went to live somewhere else away from the family. Um, And it says that his children, after four generations, it says, (laughs) Cain left in front of Hashem, whatever that means, where the Society, the small society at the time was living. The Yeshiv, Beretz Goyd, Kidmas and he went to live another place. Um, he went to Florida. So then it says um, he had grandchildren. One of the one of the grandchildren's name was Lemech. Okay, Lamech, Lamech. um married It says he married two wives. Polygamy was still permitted at the time, um, and he <coughs> he married two wives. Sheimachat Ada. The name of his first wife was Ada. Thank you very much. Mishem um, Hashainit And the name of his second wife was Tzila. Okay, so he married these two nice women from Utah. Ataylad Ada is Yavel, and Ada gave birth to Yavel. Hu So now, to realize this is the beginning of creation, so they were learning new stuff. So it says, the first wife gave birth to a son, Yavel, and he was the first that. Uh, uh, um, Lamech his father taught him han- animal husbandry um, that was very important then So it was before the, you know, like Texas and everything so you needed to learn how to mate mating a bull and a cow was not an easy thing right, so he says he was the first one that learned Yoshev O'el U'mekneh the concept of mating uh, cattle Shema Yuval the next, the next uh, child his name was Yuval He was someone who learned, the first one who created instruments and music. Um, There was no music in the world, a sad world, until that point. And it says, again, this is the beginning of creation. Um, This is probably 500, 600, 700 years into creation, I'm guessing. Um, So he created, it says, a harp and, what's a vulgav? Do you know? No. Ugav is a harp and a flute. Okay.
2: All
4: right. is, it, a is, this, a flute. is this Lamech?
1: Lamech's children. He had three sons. Right?
4: There's
1: There's enough. Enough okay, then the how third
4: far, son. How far are we into Bereshia's over Towards the end.
1: Uh, chapter, the end, end of chapter or? 4. But, not the not. Right. Oh, yeah, partial break. The line is.
4: What? I'm cheating. You have it right
1: here. Okay, yeah. That's what we're going to get to in a second. So what
3: was, what was the instrument you said?
1: Ugav. Is a harp. Ugav. Yeah.
3: Ugav is, a, I mean, Khalil is a flute. Ugav.
1: The last says, Ugav. Ugav. I Vav. Uh, ugav. I oh, it right, so now, continues. Third son, which we we're going to focus on, says like this Tzila was the name of the third son. Kamhi, Tzila, sorry, was the name of the second wife. Kamhi Yelda, she had one son. And that son was named Tubalkaya. I guess after his grandfather, part of it. Tuval um, Kayin, after her father, you know, there was a disagreement even back then. See, there's nothing new, the wife wanted one name, husband, they gave him two names. Tuval after both the grandfathers. Lotesh, so it says, what about him? What did he, what was his skill that he was taught by his father in the beginning of the world? Civilization, Lotesh, Kol Choresh Lechoshes. He was taught to sharpen all cutting implements, of copper, or Barzel and iron. So I don't know oh, why
4: that's iron.
1: Right, we don't call it we the Iron Age in history it came much later, but Torah says by the way there was the iron this was not the Stone Age, this was the Iron Age. So it says he was taught all sharpenings of copper and iron. Vachot to Valkayanama. And then it mentions even the daughter. It doesn't say what she's her skills were. She didn't know she how had to her make skills, yeah. potato cocoa.
4: Something but, extremely important. Okay, yes. extremely important. What's it says iron and it's barzil, it's iron. No, it doesn't actually. mean there was iron there, but what it does mean is that this was written in the Iron Age, after the Iron Age. Okay.
1: Are oh, you going somewhere? Oh, we're not yes. going there. This is beyond the scope of this discussion. Thank you. Okay, Very yeah. well, important. No, it's important, but I'm, I don't know another no, another. for me. history. Yeah. I don't know history. Sorry. No, important. anything there's about
4: history. No, no, there's controversy.
1: It's then, it's but I don't know. There's
3: no controversy. We all understand it wasn't written at heart. Believe
4: me, there's controversy. There's big controversy. There's big, big movies that are supported by the by by. Uh, okay, okay,
1: um, okay. Yeah. All yeah. right, that's not what we're
2: today. talking about today. We're talking
1: about guns. Right. It's not about guns, please. Um, okay, so so uh, so this so this is a very interesting verse and. Uh, the commentaries discuss all these verses. Exactly what was going on here? What what were these teachings? So, if you turn to the back of your page here, um, there's a quote from the Ramban. Ramban was Nachmanides. Um, so, you know what I'm going uh, to read in the original. We will we'll just read it here. Um, so, this is a, this is a translation of the Ramban. Ramban was Nachmanides, not Maimonides. He was a physician. We discussed him a few weeks ago. He had very extreme views on medicine. Um, but here is his views on guns, and his views, but he's going to say what was exactly going on here behind the scenes. So he quotes the verse, She too bore two who sharpened all tools that cut copper and iron. So he says like this, um, this is just the end of the discussion, he has a few pages on this. Lamech was a very wise man in all kinds of skilled craft. That was the dad, the grandson of Cain. And he taught his firstborn son, Chabel, Yubal, the subject of animal husbandry in accordance with the nature of various animals. He taught his second son, Yuval. The art of music, so I don't know, Jabal, Yubo, whatever, I don't know who's <laughs> who, but at the end... Jeff Yes. He had the art of music and taught the third son to <laughs> to sharpen, to make swords, spears, javelins, and all other sorts of weapons. Okay, so that's what he taught him how to use as a blacksmith, how to make weapons. His wives, spelled it wrong, were afraid he lest he be punished, for he had brought swords and thus murdered into the world. So again, nothing new in the world, of course, you have the first argument, one of the, fr- the second argument was, the first argument was Adam and Eve, here you have the wife complaining about what's the husband doing, you're teaching him this stuff, it's going to be used for evil, okay, so his wife was complaining, not only that, you got the reputation of the family on the line, because our grandfather was already known as a murderer, Cain, Cain, his, who he's named after was a murderer, and now you're teaching your kid how to make uh, swords and javelins, so forget it, we'll never get a shidduch in the family. Right, So he says, and here he was grasping the deed of his ancestor in his hand, for he was a descendant of the first murderer, Cain, and he too created destruction to cause an inju- injury. So the answer back, okay, so that was her complaint. She was liberal. She was saying, oh, you, you're teaching your kids how to make weapons. It's terrible. Okay, so said, what are you talking about? He answered them, he answered his wife, I have not killed anyone through wounds nor a child through injuries as Cain did. I didn't kill anyone. We're not killing you. God will not punish me, but will safeguard me from being killed even more than he guarded Cain. He made mention of these injuries and wounds as if to say that even without swords and spears, says Nachmanides, a person can kill through injuries and wounds inflicted with his bare hands. Meaning, if you want to kill someone, you don't need a gun. If you want to kill someone, you strangle him, and you can kill him just as well. As a matter of fact, it's worse to be killed, as as the Ramban explains. Um, It's worse to be killed through strangulation than through, uh, you know, decapitation very swift killing, okay, strangulation is you suffer, so he's saying, if anything, I'm helping, in which case he inflicts an even worse death upon his victim, the one brings through the sword, listen to these bold words, because this is literally taken out of an NRA commercial, straight out of the commercial, he says, for it is not the sword that causes the murder, but the killer himself, and therefore there is no sin for one who makes swords, okay, literally tagline for the NRA, right there, 5,700 years ago, in the Torah. So the, the argument now, by the way, we're not taking sides here, Nasmani's not saying who's correct, and the Torah's not saying who's correct. There was an argument between Tuval Kayin and his wife, Sila, um, this argument that's taking place today in our society. So this is a but quote it doesn't for say who's who's
3: National Sword Association?
1: Yes, but I'm saying okay, but the that's point cool. is, is the, the the debate here is, is the creator of weapons guilty or is the one who uses the weapon guilty? That's the debate yeah, taking place between between Sila and and uh, and his wife so, sorry, between Lamech and his wife Sila. <coughs> now so again, so you see this this exact debate pe- taking place in our society. Who is responsible? Is it is there a problem with creating weapons that could be used um, by the choice of a human for killing? Um or not. One second, let me just finish my point. Yeah, this so is, let me just finish hoping, my point. Yeah, but let me just finish my point. Cool. So uh so the point is that, uh, again, now we're not taking sides here, again, in this debate. Nachman is just saying this was the debate taking place um, in the Torah at this point between, Tuval, between uh, Amach and his wife, Tzila. Who's right, he doesn't say. The Torah doesn't say either who is correct in the debate. So we're very neutral. Yes.
4: This is terrific, by the way. But uh, this, this is it. Nachmanides. Yes. But uh, and and just can you just put it together where it comes from the Torah exactly? You do say it, but exactly how? D- how does ex- how does ex- he extrapolate? She bore who sharpened tools no, and he cut copper and that iron. That's all.
1: No, yeah, yeah, it's just saying that he created... Well, the Torah implies that you're uh, creating weapons. I don't see yeah. the
4: implication there. Yes, I believe I Nachmanides, but I don't see the implication from uh, these you're words. Right.
1: Yes, he's extrapolating it from... I know if he's extrapolating. He's right. for giving you the back story, which... If we I ever
4: use this, if we ever in a debate or something, we're using this, we are quoting Nachmanides, yes. not Torah. Yes,
1: it's true, 100%. Okay, so this is. Uh, this is... Very clear, just fascinating when I found this. I discovered this five, six years ago. It was amazing for me to see nothing, there's nothing new as far as debates. Now, it's true, guns are maybe one can argue, especially assault weapons, etc., are worse than swords and maybe more, they kill more people at the same time. But if we apply debate,
2: Torah and Talmud to ventilators, we have to. Yeah, no, 100%. To apply,
1: That's why we're uh, here today. To yeah.
2: all weapons, so.
1: Are you say eventually? They didn't a have weapon?
2: rifles and gunpowder then. The Chinese yeah, weren't 100%. Quite that advanced, so.
1: Is there, it's the concept, yeah, again, of, exactly. of is there a problem with creating really something, a killing machine, is really the question. Really That's the weird. debate. The so Torah is
0: really one step removed from
1: that, which
0: is Manny's point. The Torah is one step removed. You're not talking about. Yeah, yeah, the is just seven.
4: sharpening.
1: No, I understand. It's it's Nachmanides' commentary on understanding the backstory. 100%. Not in the story. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
4: You've got to realize you're dealing with Nachmanides, who was number My book, number one.
0: Nachmanides tells a very interesting tale. It starts off by saying that Lamech was a wise (coughs) man. So he seems to be endorsing the position. Uh,
1: I'm not sure. Well, wise could just mean skill, meaning he was wise in his. I don't know in what his Hebrew abilities was. and his skills. I don't know if it means he was... Well, he mm-hmm. says
0: w- the word is wise in English. What's the word in Hebrew? Is it wise or skilled?
1: Um, let's look it if says if he has is he is. all kinds
0: of skilled craft.
1: Right, again, so I'm saying the wise, just, wise doesn't mean you're correct. There are many wise people. <laughs> I, I
4: got that. You, you can you say look, you don't take sides, but this does. I really
1: don't think so. Yeah.
4: If you look
0: at what he taught his children, First, he taught basically how to maintain, sustain yourself. You right. need food, so animal husbandry, you got food, you need... You
1: need have to, to realize training. also that at this point, um, there was no, no, it wasn't food, because they were all vegetarians at this point. Totally right. after the flood. You
0: need trade, you need milk, you need... You something, need, milk, need, you need something to maintain your physical being. Yes. yes. Yeah. The second is something for your soul, in a certain sense, art yeah. and music. And right. the third is protect yourself. That, that would be the implication of what...
1: Yes, 100%. It Obama. was about, clearly it was about protection. I don't think he was teaching his kids right. to go and fight the world. But, again, once you bring this concept to the world, you're now creating an, the ability to be used both defensively and offensively. But so it that seems that
0: Nachmane is certainly not criticizing him for doing this. He seems like he's...
1: Yeah, his wife. Been,
0: was. His wife's criticizing him. But yes. that's, that's always an issue. Women, women are always more about compassion. Men are uh, always about so justice. It's just the way it is. You know, men want revenge women want understanding I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. typically not all women
1: so i'm just going to look at the language he says in the original uh, uh, oh, yes yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't uh, so it's sort
0: of giving his imprimatur that you know this guy got right.
1: right anyway just the story just in years since i'm not a historian it says here that um lamech lived um i don't know if this is when he lived maybe or when he died 777 years old, I do
0: that's... for Yeah, death.
1: Okay, so that's number one. So as far as, you know, just no, getting,
2: ammo, getting that out
1: of the way, the debate seems very, very much alive 5,000 years ago, if you believe that's in the Torah's written. Um, you know, go, well, sorry, the
0: debate starts with Cain and Abel. That's really yeah. the
1: debate started. No, but he did again. It wasn't a weapon. <coughs>
0: no, no, but the, the whole idea...
1: Weapons debate doesn't...
0: The whole idea that men can
4: kill
1: and will
4: yeah. kill. I mean, that's... Yes, that's from the beginning. Cain uh, didn't use or didn't have a weapon right. to kill Abel Right, that just
1: said, yeah. Wasn't
4: the wasn't Weapons... Well, how going. did he kill him? With his hands?
1: Yeah, strangulation.
4: Or was it... He had a stone or something? Does it say strangulation? Well, it no. no. I
1: thought it was just, uh, Maybe. I uh, wasn't there. Yeah. Okay, so now let's let's turn back to the front. So the first thing is you know, as far as Judaism is concerned, we Jews are not pacifists. So once weapons are introduced into the world, um, we need. There is the Torah, does discuss justified killings. Um, we don't say we are not. That's why I quoted Matthew on top. Not that I'm a fan of Matthew, but um, but uh, you know, it's meaning we the, the concept of just you know you always see after you know any story like this and after shootings and killings. The family gets on TV, uh, you know, and and they say, "Oh, we forgive the murderer. We have no, uh, we have nothing against him, etc." So that's very clearly not a Jewish concept. Uh, Matthew says, uh, "Whoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn him to the other. the other also." That is not a Jewish concept. The Concept of forgiveness in Judaism is only after truth is done. If the person repents and comes and has remorse for his actions, that's the only time he you can you can and may forgive him. And that's number one. So we we don't believe in just saying oh, it's beautiful what he did, you know, and we don't we have nothing against it, and he should go straight to heaven after killing my daughter. Okay, so that's religion, not a Jewish concept.
0: Religion is built upon you know, the savior dying for someone else's sins. I mean, you know, you <laughs> should talk about dying for somebody else's sins. Right, so
1: that's that's also a very important concept, which is that. You can't, not only that, besides the fact of being ridiculous, he doesn't deserve to be forgiven until he has remorse and, and begs forgiveness and does tshuva in Judaism. Number two is that I can't forgive someone who killed someone else. I mean, even the parents. Right. I can forgive for the pain they caused me, but I can't. They took someone else's life. First of all, that's one of it's the three commands. It's between him and God. No, it's not unforgivable. You could do tshuva. There's, there's death penalty, but there's also tshuva. There's a cancel of tshuva.
4: It's between him I, and God and between him yeah, and the deceased. Exactly. I can't the, forgive. That's no, unforgivable,
1: can. meaning I can't forgive someone for, someone for taking someone else's life. But you That's can
4: hasten true. his meeting with the deceased. Yes, that is true. Can you do the tshuva for murder?
1: Mean is there you do tshuva, you still get the death penalty. One has nothing to do with the other. Um, okay. I'm going to need
4: two minutes at some time about that, uh, that uh, question about okay. iron.
1: So, so, um, so again, so that, so that's number one to understand. We're not past this. Um, so there is justified killings, and now, in a certain sense, the uh, Torah, as we've said many times, Western law. Some they say, a sixty-something percent of English common law comes from Talmudic law. I don't know who said that, but it sounds good. And uh, um, that, uh, so the, the concept that like many states have in the United States is called the castle doctrine such as the state of Texas, that if someone walks onto your property, you can blow his brains out, um, is does come from the Talmud and the Torah. So, but as we'll see, the Talmud is not as, I don't know if you want to call it liberal or conservative, but liberal in the allowance of justified killings. Talmud is actually more strict in, in, in what's allowed, yes?
0: You know, if you look at the first two things the U.S. Constitution versus Matthew, I hadn't thought about this before. It really reflects the influence of the Hebrew Bible, as it were, on our founders. There are many, many examples of. It. I never really thought about this one as being another example, but if you read the Nachmani's statements about um, Lamech, it implies that ownership of weapons is certainly not a bad thing, given that where
1: the American um, founders um, were. Again, Lamech. That feet, okay. Not feet. Not his I wife's. That's Lemach's view, not Sila's view. I understand, but uh, yes. uh, clearly
0: weapons were in the Bible. People have weapons all over the place. Uh, I hadn't really realized the Second Amendment sort of reflects a Jewish point of view of the world, not necessarily the turn-the-other-cheek view, the Christian view of the world.
1: Yes. So, to a certain extent, yes. So now, so the, the, the source for the Castle Doctrine is a Pesach in last week's, two weeks ago's parasha, which is Parsha Mishpasek which says, let's see the original, always better than the original, 22, 1 and 2, so it says in Parashim Mishpatim, if the machteres yimtza ghanav, that means if you have, it's talking about, as we mentioned two weeks ago, Mishpatim is all about tort law, it's talking about thievery and thieves, so it says if the thief is tunneling into your home, and in those days. It is just like today we're going back to old technology like in Gaza and in Mexico getting getting into someone's home in those days they would have moats and various fences so you tunnel underneath in order to get into the home um, the thief so it says if you see someone tunneling into your home Chavreiz um, Alice. So if the thief is tunneling into your home and he found in the tunnel, coming in, and you smite him and he dies, okay, so you you kill him, says the Torah, there's no blood guilt. Okay, there's no blood, so to speak. You're not liable. If someone's tunneling into your home and you kill him, you're not liable. But the passage goes on to say, if the sun shone on him, then you are liable. We'll interpret what that means. You have to pay pay damages. In main law, sorry, or if he's caught, nimka beg or if the person, if the thief stole something, he doesn't have the ability to pay, so they would, um, he would be sold as an indentured servant to pay off what he stole. That was that's uh, what the term says in the left.
3: Does that mean if it's daylight?
1: So yeah, we'll talk I'm about. The it. We'll explain.
3: There's a hole He's not we'll it. We'll explain. We'll explain
1: what that I means. So very important statement. So so the point is like this. So the, the first thing to understand is that the Gemara in Sanhedrin explains extensively this halacha, that um, it would seem on the surface that you can, someone's coming to steal a big screen TV, you can blow his brains out. That's what it would seem on the surface. It says the Gemara, chas Shalom. That's not true. You never take a life for money. You're, nev- you're never allowed to take a life to, to uh, save your assets. Okay? There's no such thing, um, which is, as we will see, different than taxes. So the only reason, says Gemara here, you're allowed to do it, is is it's really based on human psychology. Um, And I'll read you Rashi. Rashi says here, psychology is like this. Unfortunately, and I had the experience growing up in Brooklyn, that was unfortunate too, but the the, the human (coughs) nature is, um, human nature is, you, you risk your life to save your money. That is human nature. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, but people literally. Or Jack mm-hmm. Benny. <laughs> right, your money or your life, <coughs> thinking, right, thinking. Or my wife.
0: Which, I'm thinking. He says, "Hurry up! Your money or life." I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm <laughs> thinking. Right, so it's,
1: so it's a joke, but it's really true if you think about it. Happened to me. I was carjacked uh, in one instance. Um, I want to get emotional here. Bring back bad memories. I'm still in therapy. But uh, the, the, uh, the I was carjacked. I, I was actually dropped a woman off. I was on a date when I was single not after I was married, and uh, and I was going back, I had in tried Brooklyn? back to New Jersey. No, it was actually in Queens, far Rockaway, New York. And
3: it's <laughs> a dangerous place.
1: And I was going to All change, you away. know, before going back to Yeshiva, I was going to change, going to school in New Jersey.
3: Somebody was you with a herring?
1: So I saw three people. Uh, this, is sh- of, uh, this is horrible. You know the story? No, oh, okay.
4: but I mean, anybody who's carjacked or other. Anyway, so I saw three people gun. coming
1: down the block. We're not going to mention what culture they're from, and uh, and i got a little some. nervous. And uh, two but two I, but I, you know, say. I'm a big guy, strong mm-hmm. fellow, so I just ignored it. And then they came up to my back, stuck something in my back, and said, "Give me your keys, your wallet, to the car." So I had the trunk. The trunk was open, so me being a very tough guy, I started running. Um, Three guys, unfortunately, to my chagrin, it was a cul-de-sac, so I ran right into a cul-de-sac. <laughs> so um, they would have caught me anyway, I'm sure. Uh, pretty big fellows. Hey, make a long story short. So that that's the point where I saw the shiny object in their hand was a gun, um, and I, so I gave them the keys in my wallet. But it's just stupid. First of all, not only like that, I was protecting. Right? I was risking my life. Three guys with a gun um, for it was a rental car. It wasn't even my car. So, and I had nothing in my wallet of, of value. So it's, it's just nuts, right? But that's human nature. The cops will always tell you, give, up, give it up right away, don't don't resist. But Did instinctively. Did they beat you? No. Oh, I just took my keys. And now like that, after that, I actually went to someone's house. We followed them. It's also stupid. I followed yeah, they the three they guys with a gun in a, if a rental car. You didn't have
4: any money in your wallet. What? If you didn't have enough money in your
2: wallet, they would have shot you. No,
1: I didn't. I don't think I had this, uh, money. Got Twenty car. bucks. Well, anyway, whatever oh it is. Um, the point is that, that so it doesn't make sense, right? But I was risking my life for a rental car and it was a rental, it wasn't even like a I didn't rent a top of the line car. Um, so uh, it's just ridiculous. But that is human nature. So the Torah understands that and the Torah understands that the thief people understand that. People know that people will risk their life to protect their assets. As a matter of fact the Gemara says it's it, it says it's in the first portion of the Koreashma of the Shema says it says you shall love God with all your heart, all your soul. So the Gemara asks the question, the Talmud asks the question: Why, if it says love your God with love God with all your heart, that means we learn from there. There are three cases: you give up your life for Hashem, and then the next line says with all your assets, with all your money. So obviously, if you have to give up all your whole life for God, clearly you have to give up your money for God. Right, so the Gemara says, so what like, what does the Torah have to say that for? Says the Gemara, no, because for some people, their assets are more, they would rather give up their life than their assets. Their assets are more important than their life. This is, uh, unfortunately, as we know. So people will risk their life for their money. Um, so, and some people do it in their job. Like, as we discussed last week, physicians, contagious disease, so you're risking your life for your, for your job sometimes. Right, so the point being is that that uh, this is human nature. Therefore, says that says explains Rashi. The thief also knows this, um, and therefore, chazaka. This is the words of the Gemara. Is chazaka Adam um, ma'amid? That's There's a, a known fact, a given. It's a given that people will not easily um, give give up their assets. Hilkach yodeh. He won't. A person won't allow his money to just be taken. Um, without protesting, okay, that's human nature. Okay, we protect our assets. So, Hilchah Yudei Aganef, the thief knows, says Rashi, that this kind of knows Shabal Abayit Omed Amamana that he's going to be standing to protect his money, Lahtziu, Lahtz to save it. Umei Maram Aganef, and the the thief will say, Ias Lina Lagabe, Koyi And if therefore, if I come into his home to take his money, to take his jewelry, take his whatever, his his gun, whatever I'm taking. Um, he's gonna stand up against me Katlina and he might shoot me the thief this is the thief's understanding I mean we live in Texas we know people have guns in their home therefore if I'm breaking in the thief understands the owner might have a gun and will protect his assets with a gun therefore the Torah says the Torah says there's no blood guilt what does that mean to teach you since the thief clearly is armed, because he knows you might have a weapon, and you're going to protect your assets, so it's reverse psychology. So therefore, he clearly is ready to kill you. To get, if the fact that he's coming in knowing you're in the home in the middle of the night, therefore it's understood that he's ready to to shoot you. So hashkem matal argo habalargeh hashkem argo. This is a famous sense. Someone's coming to kill you. You have a right to kill him first, even though at that point technically he's innocent. But that's the law of self-defense, which the Torah allows. Which if someone, if you know someone is coming or may be coming to do bodily harm to you and, 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 sh- and kill you, you have a right to kill him first. Okay, this is why we're not going to go there. We have a right to carpet bomb Gaza or whatever, whatever other cases, we're not going to go there. But the point is, right, so, so um, so th- this is the law of self-defense and the castle doctrine. That means if someone's coming into your home to kill you, says the Torah, uh, you can kill him first, okay? Now, that being said, so what is the second? But the second half of the verse is very important. Meaning it says, as you mentioned, if it's daylight, okay, and let's say that means you see the guy is not coming to kill you. For example, he's coming into your home buck naked, you see he has no weapons on you, okay, so you can you see what's going on, so then you can't shoot him, as opposed to the laws of Texas by the way, which you can, even if he's buck naked, you still can shoot him, okay, so meaning even he has no weapons. So the Torah is telling you no. Hands
2: are weapons. Well, Hands yeah, can be
1: not in the Torah. Yeah. In the Torah sense, you know, there's no you can fight anymore. Um the, the, the assumption is it's not going to kill you. Meaning, if so, for example, or another example that Maimonides talks about, it, we'll see in a second, is if if let's say it's your father breaking into your home. So you know, your father's desperate. He's coming to steal, but your father's not. The assumption is a father will never kill a son psychologically. Never, really, I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions, but generally speaking, a father will not kill a son. A son will kill a father. So, therefore, if your father's breaking into your home, um, you can't shoot him, according to the Torah. Because, again, that's in Ba'a If it's clear to you, there's no issue, there's no threat to your life, you're only allowed... Again, you're not allowed to shoot someone to protect your assets. That's prohibited. You're a murderer if you do that. That's capital crime. If you shoot someone just to protect your assets. If, um, so, therefore, if you know that there's no threat, you're only allowed to shoot someone because of a threat to your life. So, if you know there's no threat to your life, let's say it's your father breaking into your home, so then in that case, then there's no, you can't shoot him. And if you do shoot him, you're tried as, as, as for capital punishment. Okay, so that's, that's what it's saying here. If you look at number three, Rashi explains, here the Torah teaches you the rule, if one comes with the intention of killing you, be quick and kill him. This burglar actually came with the intention of killing you, for he knew full well that no one can hold himself in check. Or are number three, looking on whilst people are stealing his property before his eyes and doing nothing. He the thief therefore obviously came with this purpose in view, that in the case the owner of the property would resist him, he would kill him. Okay, so if you turn to the page, the next page, it's Maimonides, quoting uh, Maimonides, translation of Maimonides, where he says, um, he says, he quotes, number nine, he just says the same as Rashi. In number 10, he says like this If it is clear to the house owner that the thief who breaks in will not kill him, and instead is only seeking financial gain, so if you know the guy is only coming, he doesn't think anyone's home. Okay, let's say it was clear, it was, I don't know, whatever the case would be, there's no cars in the driveway, and, uh, you know, it's smack in the middle of the day where the <laughs> assumption is the person's at work, right? So in a case like that, even according to the Torah, very much stricter than Texas um, cast, uh, Castle Doctrine is you would not be allowed to shoot him um, because the assumption is he thinks no one's home, as we'll see soon, and therefore he has no weapon. He's not coming to kill you, he's just coming to steal your, your uh, Xbox. It is forbidden to kill a thief. Therefore, a father who breaks his son's home should not be killed, but a son who breaks his father's home may be killed. Because, again, sons will kill their father um, sometimes, as opposed to fathers who never never kill their sons. I don't know, I've never seen that as a study done, but that's that's what the assumption is. Now, he says, again, if you look at number 11, he says, different rules apply with regard to a thief who stole and departed as one who did not steal. So this is also very important, very different than Texas law and Florida law. Which is if the person's on the way out, then you no longer can shoot him. Once he's carrying the big screen TV, he's leaving your home, even though he's armed to the teeth. You have no right to shoot him at that point. Once his back is, is, once he's on the way out, because then you're not there's no more longer a threat to your life. It's only when he's coming in where there's a threat to your life. So, for example, the case a few years back in Pierland or Pasadena, I remember, was the case Joe Horn, um, a 72 year old fellow, um, Texan, who. Was home, watching Oprah, and his neighbor. There was th- uh, two guys, two Hispanic fellows, breaking into the na- his neighbor's house. We knew his neighbor was on vacation. Uh-huh. Okay, and uh, you hear this is unbelievable. I should have brought it. A recorded call. The whole thing is recorded on nine one one. So he calls the uh, he calls the operator, and he says, "You know, there's two people uh, breaking I mean in." And uh, she says, don't, you know, don't go in there. He says, I have a gun. I'm going to get him. She says, no, do not go. The cops come. They, they're not going to know who the bad guy is, and they can shoot you. So he says, fine, I'm waiting. You know, three minutes later, he sees them coming out, carrying a big screen TV. And uh, you hear the, he says, I'm going in. And you hear, <laughs> on the phone. It's like scary. Don't listen to it while you're eating. Um, and, he uh, him. and he goes, uh, and he says, they're coming out to my wall. Meaning they're, they were leaving his neighbor's home. They had nothing to do with him. And they stepped like a, you know, they took a little shortcut in the corner, in the corner by the street. <laughs> they went onto his lawn, you know, for like, they cut across his lawn. So there's no threat to his life whatsoever. And you hear him go, and he goes out there, and then you hear boom, 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 shotgun. And uh, he killed one. The other one kind of made it for a few blocks before I think he collapsed. Um, I don't know if he survived. Anyway, he was totally acquitted by a grand jury in Texas. He not mm-hmm. even, not a day in jail. Okay, so that, in, according to the Torah, he is a murderer, 100%. He would go, he would get the death penalty. there was witnesses. He would get
4: a penalty. No, well. saying if there was witnesses,
1: yeah. and he, he was warned in this case, she told him to not do it, the operator yeah, yeah, clearly told penalty. him, he, mm-hmm. he would get the death penalty. So, very, so again, that is 100% murder, because there's no threat to your life there. The fact that they happen to be carrying a big screen TV across your lawn to get to their pickup truck, there's no threat to your life, and you have no right to shoot Yes. So And they were you, going out.
0: If you, in this guy's position, you see thieves robbing your house or somebody else, and they're leaving, you're just supposed to let them go?
1: No, that's, that's why we have uh, constables and police of course, officers. Of
2: course, when they see you, they might drop the TV and get their gun. Well, well, yeah, that's exactly that's
1: good why, so, stay in your home and don't get out.
2: So you're supposed
0: to, you're staying that you're supposed to let them go?
1: Yeah, something I mean, mean, called police. I don't know if you aware. Well, I mean, so you, you call You have
0: to let them go. You can call the police. Yeah, right. you
1: can. You wanna go out there and punch them in the face, and you, sh- you want to shoot That's at their legs, maybe uh, shoot their toes, or shoot in the air.
0: It's you. just like it says. Once you go out there, you know, you now. Exp- Again, to save
1: way. money, to save someone's assets, yours or someone else's, you have no right to, to go kill out. someone.
0: You have no right to kill him, but you have a right to apprehend him, try to stop
1: sure, him. Sure, that's a citizen's arrest. But I'm saying I wouldn't advise it uh, a 72-year-old guy and two Hispanic yeah, I wouldn't advise and it. Probably him. not Because you, not. you
0: then become... You can
1: do, a, you 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 can do a citizen's, do do a citizen's arrest, of course, but you your can't kill him. Risk.
0: Well, if you go back can to the original... A thief... Um, the Torah may say you can't kill somebody for property. But the thief, almost by definition, even though he may want to sneak in when you're not home, even though he doesn't want to be discovered... A thief, almost by definition, is putting his life at risk.
1: Oh, 100%. A well, that's a very good point. So I, I, didn't, I didn't explain it very well, which is that the Gemara's language is, means they, they forfeited their life, Richard Rashi says it better than I can, meaning the fact that he's coming into your home ready to kill you. So at that point, he forfeited his life meaning his life is worthless. That's what the Torah means. Let me explain, let me explain. Ein lo damim means there's no blood guilt. That means right. he's, a, he's a dead man walking. The second a person is coming to kill you, so the Torah describes him as a dead man walking. That means, therefore, if you kill him, there's no guilt because he's already dead by the mere fact that he's threatening your life. Now, now that being said, but once they're on the way out, now he gets back his life. Once his back is towards you, he's only forfeited his life because he's threatening your life. But the second there's no threat, because truth is, uh, Shelley has a good point, meaning someone's coming into my home, so I can, take a, I can scream at him, here's my wallet, here's my Xbox, start throwing something out the window, and save my life. Right? Why am I not obligated to do that? The, the commentaries here, the Gemara discussed that. Why is there no obligation? To, you know, what you're saying, you can't kill someone to save your assets. So take your assets, start throwing them out the window to the thief. Second, you see the guy coming onto your property. Why are you risking, why do you have a right at that point to shoot him? So there's a lot, there is a discussion about it which, but again, no one says you can kill someone to save assets. So the second his back is no longer, is going the other way, he's facing, as in the Joe Corner case, which I mean, even if they, it's irrelevant, they went on his property, once they were coming out, and there's no longer a threat to your life. You cannot use a gun at that but point. But you can't you can apprehend them. Yes. You Once you apprehend, apprehend them, them, then that again, it's gone cycle. And no, then you're no, again, no, no, no. So uh, even you though you're responsible. No, you can't go out and put yourself in that, Then already, what you, but if you what do you go to apprehend, suicide, then you are... Then no, then already, at that point, you're putting your life, listen, he has a right yes to protect himself also. Yes, you are. One second, at that point, meaning if someone's leaving the property with a big screen TV and you're coming after them with a gun, he might have every right to shoot you just as much as you have a right to shoot him. Because you're threatening you his life right now for no him. reason. What's, there's no so reason So you're but not to a big screen right. TV, you could take someone's life. God forbid.
4: Then you're not allowed to apprehend him.
1: No, you could apprehend him, but not with Once the Once you dog. apprehend him, yeah, then, you, then you're okay. in January
4: again. You know, so you it's got a cycle. cycle. Okay. Go back I to the
1: original
0: story about yourself. Yes. When you discover, you're involved in a, some, you discover a thief. The Torah is saying, you know, uh, at least Mama, you got to think this through. Don't, don't let your instincts overwhelm you trying to protect your property, your neighbor's property. Because you're now escalating the situation where your life might actually be in danger, which then would in turn justify you killing the guy. So, I mean, it's just a far fetched sort of thing in the sense that you either have to let him get away with the crime, because you can't in fact go out there and confront them, because then you escalate already to a life threatening situation just by virtue of confronting them. Well, if they're, them,
1: they're coming in, you can confront them and you can I kill them. That. You can blow the brains go,
0: out. So, what, what my saying is, you really. It's not only you should let them go, you can't kill them. You basically can't confront them because once you confront them the situation is now that only you
1: can only not confront them on the way out is what we say.
0: Right. So you're He's supposed dead. to you're supposed to be aware of this right. particular halacha. That of course let them run that's away we're but you yourself you're a rabbi and you were
1: no i did, didn't care i didn't confront them i ran almost
0: didn't that's
1: very different than confronting them running you can always do okay. i didn't carry at the time uh, like in new york that you can't carry
0: that's that's asking a lot of human beings and uh, but it's, it's easy to understand why a jury would favor Joe Horn because right, he didn't create
1: ridiculous. the situation. It's ridiculous. it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. He's carrying a big-screen TV. There's zero threat to his life. He's in his home. They don't even know he exists. What's why go out there and take a human life for a TV? The, the, Listen, well, you want to say because you want to prevent further. If you read uh,
4: number eleven, uh, uh, again, uh, we don't
1: take someone's life to pre- to uh, what's it called to prevent preempt. No, to prevent you know to, uh, prevent future crime. I mean that's that's ridiculous. Can't you know it's murder it's something else. Someone killed.
2: Well, uh, if you go to this if you go to this recent shooting, you have thirty nine interactions with the police. Oh, of course, uh, we still can't shoot point, them, uh, At what point can you forcibly arrest them? Yes, forcibly arresting is not the
1: same as shooting. Well, we want to put them in jail, that's fine. Every
2: arrest ha- has the risk that they'll resist oh, and oh, the get wrist, shot. Okay. Exactly. The same as a every entry into the home for a burglary oh, has and yeah. And risk.
1: By the way, so this, that's something it's worth discussing not today, but whether the fact that someone is making verbal threats on in social media and calling in and has guts and has issues, is that a If Is that called to someone who's actually a yeah. danger to society? And you're right. Maybe we'll be able to you know, if, clearly, if he's on the way, that's a ticking time bomb scenario. The guy's on the way to the school with guns, and we get a call that this guy's on, you know, he's 10 blocks away. We still might have a right to shoot him at that point, without question. Forcible arrest, listen, there's a risk in everything. You know, when I go to Starbucks, there's also a risk. I can choke on my coffee. It's hot coffee, I can spill it in, and burn myself. Everything in life has a risk, but that's not, that's not the risk we're talking about. We're talking about literally can I shoot to kill? And that's what we're saying you can do, but only if the guy's on the way in.
4: Yeah. on the way out. According to number 11 here, Joe right. Horn had, had some rights. Number Why? 11. Why? Different rules apply with regard to a thief who stole and departed, right. or one who did not steal but was caught leaving. Okay? Right. He says Since he, the one who was caught leaving without stealing, uh, turn his no, back no, in the anyway, house yeah. and he's no longer into, he may not be stained no, no, but what no, about no, the one who stole both. and departed?
1: he's saying whether he stole or he didn't once his back since so uh, he, he turned his back no, no, he's saying the same everyone. thing it's one, it's two scenarios, one is he the did not steal uh, or he was caught leaving the tunnel through, either okay, way, he turned his back yeah, he okay, turned his back, that's it, it's over shows let me just kind of. hand his hand. there is
0: this theory the broken window theory, which is if you tolerate minor crimes, theory. people then go on to bigger or eventually yes. murder. So yeah, but again,
1: it still doesn't allow us to kill, us, to I take a leg. I understand that,
0: but that reflects human nature, that if you let people get away with things, they'll just keep...
1: 100%, driving. we're not saying let him get away. We're just saying <coughs> can't kill him. You want to put a banana peel down, you want to shoot at his legs? Maybe you could. But Shooting at his legs might be okay. Okay. Like, yeah. I don't, that, I don't know. I'd never seen it. So, so had Joe
0: Horn just shot the maim him instead of killing him, he might be okay. Yes. Um, Maybe. But still, you know, if you shoot to maim and you do actually maim them, and they pull out their guns, you're now in a, a drawn-out gun battle with them. You got rounds. Hey, Are you then? Do you oh. have blood guilt yeah. then? If you That's shoot true. to
1: maim and so you again, maim if them, if
4: then, they then they sue you for maiming them. Or they maim yeah. them. you, where
1: you maimed, and and then shot. You are. And they win. And by the way, this is also important. I didn't quote him, and he says very clearly in these scenarios, if you can stop him, in, uh, let's say what we call today in Israel, the language they use, is neutralize the person prior to him. To him, uh, do, without killing him, then of course you're obligated to do that. I mean, if I have a stun gun, and assuming that that would work, let's say I don't know enough about stun gun, so if I have a stun gun, I have I have to use that, assuming that can neutralize the, the thief, before I use my real gun. If I'm not sure, meaning I don't know what kind of weapons they have, or you know, meaning I don't know how good a shot I'm, meaning if I can aim at the feet and neutralize them, if I know I'm a good shot, so then I have to do that. It's only if there's no other way to neutralize them. Okay, that's number one.
2: Always let's easy. just finish uh,
1: The last paragraph, very important here. Can
0: somebody give Jimmy a lift back Yeah, yeah we'll
2: see that he gets. Okay, yeah, we
1: want to take care of Jimmy. Um, similarly, yeah, says number 12. Sure. This is very important. So meaning, let's say you're in your garage um, and someone's breaking into the garage. So again, the whole, psych- the whole thing is based on human psychology. The thief, the reverse psychology, he thinks you might be armed, he knows your home, so we can assume that he's coming in armed. But let's say he's breaking into your garage, there's the reason he's breaking into your garage and not to your home, because he assumes no one's in the garage. You happen to be there listening to your music that your wife doesn't want you listening to in the house, so you're in your garage. Okay, so, so, uh, so he says then you can't shoot the thief at that point because, because again, well again, you have to know in Texas where many people carry... But the assumption is he thinks no one there. That's why he's choosing the garage um, and not the home. It says, similarly, Says in number 12, says Maimonides, a person who breaks into a garden, a field, a pen, or a corral may not be killed. For the prevailing assumption is that he came merely to steal money. For generally, the owners are not found in such place. The fact that he's breaking into the garage so that he doesn't want to meet a person. Okay? That's why he's breaking into the garage. So Therefore, according to the Torah law, says my Maimonides, you wouldn't be allowed to kill him in that case because there's no assumption that he's coming to kill you because he's specifically choosing, you see, he's trying to get out of, not confronting humans, um, in that case. Okay, so this, so, so, the very the question is, of course, today, whenever you're not sure. By the way, the Torah says, in Zar Hashem," it means it has to be obvious that he's not. There's no threat to your life. But anytime there's a, a, any percentage of threat to your life, then you are have to shoot. It's important to note. That. Okay, so now we get to the last part. This, this is very imp- another aspect, very important in the debate. I'm trying to get it all in today because. Uh, next week I don't
3: know, for beer, I don't know. You no, know, it, it is interesting because when we bring the idea of guns into this discussion, just looking at you know when were guns invented, Invent. right? And and it's really the first recorded use of a firearm, really, around the eighteen well, <laughs> hundreds, right? Right. Well, they said here, Ma- They said the development started in thirteen sixty four with the first recorded use of a firearm, but really ended with the introduction of automatic handguns in 1892, but before the matchlock, guns were fired by holding a burning wick to a touch hole in the barrel, igniting the powder inside. Like, So there was such a difficult process to, like, you're not going to... That's like, not going to be defense. part of this discussion until the 1800s. So it's interesting that which a lot of... Which part of which aspect Guns and robbers is not going to be a part of the discussion until yeah, the 1800s. Again, it's, mm, so it's interesting... I'm just saying yeah. from a historical context, it's very difficult to use the word guns in the discussion of the Mahtelet because they didn't have guns in tunnels. <coughs> it was it was more of an issue of knives perhaps. No
1: or spears or javelins Or spears whatever. or swords jevons. or whatever it
3: wasn't guns. It wasn't guns. So this discussion, while it's awesome, really does not pertain to guns because when they were writing this there were no guns.
1: Yeah, but it does. But, pretending it's the same concept. The but question is... there
2: were no is, ventilators when they Yeah, I'm saying it's the NFL.
1: same concept, which is, do I have a right to kill somebody before he kills me? Whatever weapon. What's shotgun. the difference? Weapon. What the weapon? We're not discussing the weapon. No, we're I not. We're discussing understand. the concept of, of self-defense. The castle doctrine. Because someone walks different. on my property, can I... In shoot? other words, if Can you I kill him? Kill him? Can if I if spare him? you used can your
3: can example of the gentleman that used a shotgun, shotgun to people? two people, that issue would not have been relevant because there would have been no guns. Yeah, but there but would have been spears. Have he could have
1: thrown a, a spear. He could have, I mean, what's Throwing the arrow There, the there was, was the really way, good. the same, right. people have been killing people, it's just the I method understand. of killing is
3: different. But the, what, what I'm suggesting the, is that the ease the, the ease, the ease of killing is made easier
1: no, of course. with a 100%. gun. That's all. Yes. yes. I'm 100. Is that question? Which is part of the debate today. Exactly. Yeah, um, and we'll get to that part also. But I'm saying first we we need to establish to have a, is there justified killings and when is it justified? Sure. I'm saying that is irrelevant to the weapon,
3: to what the type of weapon. To me, it becomes part of the discussion of the ease.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying again, if it's if we're saying self-defense is justified, so it doesn't make a difference. I are not I understand. Principle. But, but it's a valid point. So we'll get to today's weapon. So the, so num- the, another debate, um, which is very important, I think, as Jews to know is a very important principle, and we discussed this in many, very relevant to other areas of medical ethics, also, which is, we discussed this a few actually a few months ago, which is the Torah very clearly states, it's a negative commandment, a biblical prohibition to have a danger in your home, okay, and and that we said we discussed it with the parapet, and uh, having. Uh, pit bulls, as pets, okay, it's, it's a, literally the Torah says a very clear, we said, at the pasuk of the parapet, of building a parapet on your roof, the Torah says, do not have blood guilt in your home, that means, do not have anything dangerous where someone could lose their life um, in your home, even as we mentioned then, stupid people, and that's usually what it is, if you have someone sunbathes on a roof without a fence, they're stupid, but the Torah still, we, we even want to protect stupid people, okay, so based on that, I think it's very applicable here, also to gun ownership. Again, we're not saying you can't own a gun, but if you do own a gun, you need to take every safety precaution. is 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 required biblically, according to the Torah. Um, first of all, you need to learn gun safety. Obviously, take a course and know how to use it and know how to, you know, how to use a gun properly and not point it at people and not leave, a, you know, whatever all the gun safety rules. Which, unfortunately, I don't know all of them. Um, but uh, and that's why I, I don't carry, I only have a gun in my home, locked up in a safe. So, for example, having a safe, by the way, by the way, everyone's comparing the argument in America with Israel. There's, if you've seen a lot of Facebook posts about that, how Israel has guns all over society and it works great and there's no school shootings, etc. So whatever, we're not taking either side here, the merit of that discussion. But one thing is Israeli law, if you don't have a gun, you requ- they require you to have a safe in your home actually, if you do, if you get a gun license you have to show them receipt for a gun safe
2: hmm.
1: which is an interesting a thing
2: the bed. not just a drawer by the bed where yeah, yeah, I'm saying so you have to show them, them that you
1: own a safe in your home hmm. um, so this is a very important concept which is, if you do own a gun and that's why I quote here Imanis takes that verse of do not have blood guilt in your home this commandment applies to any dangerous situation see your number two on top Okay, any safety hazard, occupational hazard, owning a pit bull, etc. Um, and the Gemara says that explicitly. Gemara says owning a kelevra is a problem. If you have a, a vicious dog on your property, again, you're allowed to have it, but it has to be confined and tied up, and, and you need to understand how pit bulls work and take a pit bull safety co- course if you're going to have a pit bull, whatever the case is. So the same would apply to guns, and as we mentioned many times, danger stricter than ritual prohibition. So for someone not to have a safe, and if you you are a gun owner, it's very clear that you would be required, all these applicable rules would be of you have to do everything possible to keep it in a safe manner and know how to use it safely. So that's another very important principle. And the last thing we get to is a big debate of um, background checks and uh, who's liable for for crime, meaning is it the manufacturers? Like, to, as you know today, as I'm sure you've heard, it's actually yesterday's news, but it's on the news this morning, which is uh, our our dear president did is trying to sign legislation to outlaw some um, stack. What's it called? Bumpers, bumper stacks. Bump stocks. Bump stock. stocks, which allow um, uh, guns to become automatics. I don't know exactly how it works. It's actually a company in Texas that produces them. It's the main manufacturer uh, that produces them. They're actually under there. There's been a lawsuit going on for a few since a few years. Some other shooting a few years back, the parents are suing that company. Um, but uh, the first thing that the President's doing is he will sign legislation. He says I'm outlawing bump stocks. Bump stocks. It's a method of making a semi-automatic into an automatic, or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
4: He's trying to
2: outlaw that. It, he, will, he said he
1: will sign legislation. It's basically yeah. a
2: spring-loaded thing that every time the recoil sends it back, mm. it pulls well, the trigger automatically the next time. So it,
1: it's so a regular man's
2: machine gun. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He's outlawing that. It's good. Yes. Well for, for the K-47s,
4: for the population, I don't even know, are they allowed them or are they not allowed automatic
2: guns? Yes. I automatic don't know. guns are illegal. They are illegal. They've been illegal since the 30s. This last guy had this an illegal... No, it wasn't a automatic. semi-automatic. semi-automatic. Uh, in, a, in a semi-automatic, every time you okay. want to fire a bullet, you have to pull the trigger. Okay. An automatic, you pull <laughs> the on, and hold you just it hold down, it down. And that's a machine gun. Mm. And the bump stock... Automatically I mean, by spring action mm-hmm. keeps pulling the trigger over Can and over again. So, a semi
4: automatic
3: <laughs> is legal.
2: Semi automatics are legal. Excuse
3: me, Shelly said he found someone to give me a ride later. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we're gonna yes. get to
1: oh, the okay. ride. Thank Let's
4: uh, A pistol is semi automatic. Yeah. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. That's a handgun. Okay. Those are legal. Yeah, this guy had a semi automatic. This is perfectly legal. Yes. And he shot 17 people.
1: Oh, okay. 17 times, he, 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 shot, he
4: shot
2: 17 times he shot. He shot. He shot 17 people. Yeah. Doom 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 the person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. the crews shot 17. See, it's understandable. Yeah. Terrible. Okay, so well,
1: not
0: every state allows them.
2: Mm-hmm. So how how does it work? Yeah. Semi-automatic.
4: Semi-automatic is you mean this after sandy
1: thing they've allowed. All
4: Okay, so okay.
1: what are the ones that are okay, not? Semi- okay, what's going on? It's not a gun let class. Yes, let's finish the Torah. We wanted to get the Torah. So the Torah says like this. Um, the my man is it's actually Gemara in, in Avodah talks about this question of can I sell weapons to people that are a danger? Okay, it's like again nothing new under the sun. The Talmud discusses it extensively. Talmud says here, and my, this is my man is in the Talmud. He says like this. And it sounds initially racist, but again, putting in the context of the society that we're living in, anti-Semitic societies, in the past, no one lived in a great country as we do. Um, so he says like this, Maimali says, it is forbidden, we're on the sec- this page, uh, law number 12, it Said it's forbidden to sell Gentiles any weaponry, okay, Gentiles is a code word for anti-Semites, um, we may not sharpen weapons for them or sell them a knife, chains, chains put on the necks of prisoners, fetters. Iron chains, raw Indian iron, beers, lions, I don't know what they did with beers. The lions was the gladiators, right, where they would take innocent people and have them fight gladiators, innocent Jews, or any other object that can cause danger to people at large. So anything that's a danger to society, says my man, is you can't sell to someone who might use it in that situation. Right. One may, however, sell them shields. These serve only the purpose of defense. If you want to sell them defensive objects, things that can be used for defense, that you're allowed to. Okay, so if a guy walks in, if you are, if a guy walks into your store, and you sell guns, you Walmart. Okay, and and this guy has an MS-15 tattoo on his arm. You can, it's prohibited for, to sell him a weapon,
2: according to Torah. But you can sell him body armor.
1: Yes, okay. that's fine. Okay, um, so meaning, um, <laughs> so meaning why? Because the again, you are, it says my my analysis, you are assisting him in his crime. If he is now going to use that weapon, and you know there's a good chance this guy might use it for something they shouldn't be, not non-justified killing. So then you cannot sell them. And you in a certain cells are liable, says my mom. Look it at number 13.
0: Is it only if it's a danger to Jews?
1: Um, no, he just, he says society. One, He says explicitly, any other object that can cause danger to people at large. People, not just Jews. Any you people. Said, uh, we respect all human life. Word for yeah, I'm saying. Meaning, again, if you live in a, in a society Meaning, he's, I'm just saying he's making a general statement. Um, the, the, as you know, Maimonides was extensively censored. The question is, whenever they use the word Goyim or the Zarah, we need to know what that means. Because it was censored by Jews and censored by non-Jews. So we need to know throughout history. Yeah, so so, so in number 13, Halakha 13, Maimonides says, just is forbidden to sell such weaponry to a Gentile, we're not racist. So it is forbidden to sell it to a Jew who will sell it to a Gentile. So the Jews, are, of course, are always the wholesalers. As we know, we don't sell retail. So the, if you ha- sell weapons wholesale, so listen, I'm not selling it, I'm not selling it to, uh, you know, I'm just a manufacturer. What happens to it down the line is not my problem. Just because Walmart itself is not doing good background checks, that's not my issue, says Smith and Wesson. Says my is no, that's not a good argument. You as a manufacturer need to be careful who you're selling it to wholesale, the middleman, because you're liable if down the line, if you know they're selling it, they're not doing sufficient background checks. And it's permitted to sell weapons to the soldiers of the country in which one lives, because they defend the Jewish inhabitants of the land, too. So the assumption is, if it's the police, or we like police, even in countries where it might be questionable, but part of it is defending the country, and they're defending the motherland. says, so my mind, is that you're allowed to do? And number 14, again, he says, we're not racist. Every article that is forbidden to be sold to a Gentile is also forbidden to be sold to a Jewish robber. So if you have a Jewish MS-15 guy from the hood, never met one, um, so he says it's also prohibited to sell him um, weapons. By doing so, one reinforces a transgression and causes him to sin. So you are violating a biblical transgression if you don't do sufficient background checks to the person. Says my you are in viol- violation of the biblical transgression. Transgression of the nevel of show. You are partners in crime with that. The result of his chat. That's what it w- that's what I would imply. You so you can't
0: sell it to any gentile or
1: a. Oh, he didn't say any gentile. Gentile in a society where you know they're going to use it for bad purposes. Okay, that's what that's what is going So uh, as as usual, Torah has a lot to say on this topic. Amazingly enough, nothing new in our world. Everything is is in so, the, so is in the, the book.
2: So the so the question that arises as to what is an adequate background check, yes. and that's my certainly. Question. For gun, uh, for gun dealers, the right. legal view is that you've done an adequate background check if you observe that he doesn't act terribly kooky, and you have checked with the FBI through their database.
1: This right. didn't seem to work. <laughs> in this case. Well,
2: actually, it, it it does work. No, in this
1: case, I'm saying it, it, at least in this cruise case.
2: I just want to make one yeah. point yeah, about yeah. that with the cruise case. The, the problem wasn't the background check. The problem was the schools recognized he was a problem and the police recognized he was a problem and the FBI recognized he was a problem. He had 39 oh. uh, interactions with the police. The Instead of...
0: From the Jewish Ethics Institute. For a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website
3: at j-ethics.org. Shalom